this Euro Dance Beat. It's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly, we judge them harshly, we rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I'm Chase Keys. I'm Emmy Zero. And folks, we've got a we got a pair of games for you today. We we had a little bit of a mix up, so we're just going to bring you a pair of games today. Yep. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll be back on track next time. Oh yeah, we got we got two games, and uh, not, not, I'm, I'm just gonna say right now, not a great start to this month. Uh, not a great start to this month. No, I uh, the mix up was on my part. I accidentally played a better game than than the third <laughs> one we were supposed to be playing for today. So I think I had a slightly less bad week than you did because of that. But uh, I did also play both of the games we're gonna talk about today, and. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, November is coming in cold. It's coming in rough. I-, I guess we just need to get into it because we got two games here. I don't know which one I I liked. No, that's a that's a lie. I know which one of these I liked less. But uh, what w- what do we have? What do we have for the people today? Chase Keys. So we've got Act Razor Two, and we've got Biometal. Yeah, one of these I really really disliked. And one of these I thought was, eh. Uh, And I don't know which one to start with. I've got a little bit more background about the meh one than I do. Um, So I don't know. You know what? Let's start with that one uh, and um, have a a discussion uh, about biometal. Biometal. Uh, Biometal comes to us from publisher Activision, and the less said about them at this point, the better. <laughs> and developer Athena. And also Eurodance Sensation 2 Unlimited. Put a pin in that one for now. And speaking of pins, let's talk about Athena real fast, uh, who we may have talked about back when we discussed Super Bowling. See what I did there? <laughs> Not a lot about uh, Athena out there. They seem to have been a mid-tier Japanese developer who made games throughout the 90s. Their last title looks to have been 1999's Ide Yosuke no Mahjong Kyoshitsu for the PlayStation. But one thing we can say about them is that they sure did like bowling. Six of their 30 total credits are video adaptations of bowling, uh, which includes a title for Virtual Boy simply titled Virtual Bowling. Uh, It's well known for being the other bowling game on the Virtual Boy that wasn't the one with Nintendo Power's mascot on it. Uh, It was also the very last game officially released for the extremely short-lived system, and as a result, it is the most expensive Virtual Boy title on the aftermarket, going for thousands of dollars whenever one actually pops up for sale. Uh, other than the bowling titles, Athena released some side-scrolling medieval-themed action games like Castle of Dragon and Swordmaster, at least two breakout-like titles, and a random Japanese trivia game. They also made this brawler for the Sega Saturn called Crows, the Battle Action for Sega Saturn. And yes, the for Sega Saturn part was part of the title. Uh, which features these very (laughs) chunky, large-headed anime-ish characters. Almost chibi, but not quite. But um, it's a a look. They look like... It's weird. Yeah, it's you you were telling me about this and I looked up some footage from this game. They look almost like Kunio-kun characters, but they're not quite 
abstract enough to be cute the way the Kunio Kun characters are. They're they're more like I don't know. How did you describe it? You had a very good description. Uh, I, I think I said like it. it's a, if they took the Kunio Kun characters and made an American Saturday morning cartoon in the eighties out of them. Uh, they look something like yes. that. Very, very stocky, beefy looking characters. It, it's quite a look. I kind of love it, actually. <laughs> I do, too. It, it's a neat looking game. I kind of want to play it now. I, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, they did that. And it, it really sounds like from that description that they were just trying their hands at all kinds of different genres, just kind of here and there. Uh, aside from their clearly the fact that they 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 were like kind of drawn to doing bowling games because they did a bunch of those. Uh, it seems like they just kind of were like, you know, hands spread, trying to get as many fingers into as many pies as possible. Yep. And uh, one of those pies was the shmup pie, because they've also got games like Strike Gunner STG to their credit. And oh, they did that. They one. did. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the one we'll be talking about today, Biometal, uh, which um Features MIDI versions of tracks by the Belgian Eurodance duo Two Unlimited, which consisted of rapper Kid Ray and singer Anita. While the original Japanese version of the game had nothing to do with this rising techno act, the game was reworked to feature them heavily in the U.S. and uh, European versions. Not only were five of their tracks selected to be midified as the game soundtrack, but the two main characters were renamed to reflect two Unlimited's members, though they apparently could be bothered to change the character portraits to look more like the characters in no. question. But uh, no, they, they did not. There's like, you know, look, there's already one man and one woman here. We'll just rename them after the members of two Unlimited and uh, call it a day, um, yep. which is like. <laughs> It's it's less effort than they put into actually putting the music into the game, but not that much less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we can talk about the music because it is one of the things that really they, they really try to hit it's you the over most, the head with. So so let's let's talk about the game itself a little bit and then we'll kind of loop back around to the music, okay, I sure. think, because uh, I, I think the music is probably the most noteworthy thing about this game, unfortunately. So. This is side scrolling, uh, side scrolling shmup. Uh, it's you know uh, fully competent in a number of different ways. You know, you you have uh, you know your ship, the uh, Howl Bard, uh, which can can uh, fire kind of a normal a normal sort of you know pew pew. Uh, sort of like shot weapon yeah, like and also a couple shot. of missiles. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little, and, and uh, you can also turn the laser shot into a kind of little rotating shield. It's four orbs that rotate around your ship and uh, you press a button to bring the shield out, at which point a meter at the bottom of the screen starts falling. Once you turn that off, the meter starts recharging again. Big part of this game is deploying that shield when you need to be able to survive waves of, of bullets and turning it off so that it recharges in the moments when you're not in danger. And that's okay. Uh, that uh, works fine. I will say the upgrade system for weapons in this game has nothing going on. It's completely boring. There's yeah. you know occasionally weapon pods that will uh, show up on screen. You shoot them. 
uh, and you can collect one of a few different weapons. You kind of wait for the power up to cycle through to whatever weapon you want it to be before you grab it. And you can trade those out whenever another weapon pod shows up. You can upgrade the, the, the various weapons by collecting multiples in a row. But that's it, really. Like, there's no, there's nothing like the options or the pod from, uh, was, is it Darius that has the pod uh, uh, that the you can kind of attach? R-Type, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, there's nothing like the, the sort of, uh, the Gradius, like, you know, gear shift upgrades, uh, or anything like that. It's very, very basic. And honestly, all around this game is pretty basic, you know, the levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty no frills, but, but very competent, um, vertically or horizontally Uh, scrolling. Pretty pretty bad. Shooter. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty bad slowdown once you get into level two, I found, but uh, but but not debilitating. I mean, it's nothing we haven't seen in other games for the Super Nintendo. Unfortunately, this is just kind of a thing with Super Nintendo shmups in a lot of cases, but uh, it's competent. It's fine. The levels are kind of too long, and there's not really much in the way of... Like you said, this is a pretty no-frills game. So the levels generally have pretty repetitive scrolling backgrounds. Uh, there's really not that many different kinds of enemies. Everything has a, a very obvious like like H.R. Giger influence on the enemy ships. They basically just look like, what if you turned the Xenomorph into various spaceships and mechs? And that's what all the enemies in this look like. So, you know, it's all right. want to talk a little bit about the 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 orbs um so you know like you were saying this is the game does have your you know your your plasma rifle and your missiles you can upgrade both of those but there's not a whole lot of you know going on there but um i do think that the the what they call the gam system the gel analog mutant bioweapon uh is kind of a neat gimmick um you know it's it's something that you have right from the get-go. It's it's not something that you need to like get power-ups to use or anything. It it basically just has a meter that drains when it's out and charges back up when it's not. Um, you know, it's simple, but I, I think that that kind of works to its benefit. Uh, basically, you've got these four orbs that will circle your ship. You can use them uh, to sort of shield your ship by default. You can press a button to extend their range outward to kind of use them more of a, as an offensive kind of thing, but at the cost of, you know, it no longer being, you know, no longer circling your ship to protect it. Um, You can also fire it out in front of you as more of a a projectile weapon that does a lot of damage. I, I will say, I do think this is a neat gimmick. I just don't know that it's enough to really elevate this game above, you know, being a pretty mediocre, uh, uh, horizontally scrolling shooter. I do agree with that. Honestly, I was kind of underselling the, the games this game's got some good games. <laughs> good, I got, we can, we can, we can definitely say that. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I think that is a neat system. I like that it's not a power up you have to collect. I like that. It's just sort of part of your kit right from the start. And I think it's good. Uh, and, you know, uh, it, it is it is a thing that uh, 
you know, I guess does distinguish this because uh, I can't really think of any other games that use their shield system quite this way. Uh, and yeah, it, it totally works. So it's good. But yeah, I just wish there was like a little bit more to anything else here, you know, to kind of like back that up. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's like it's fine for what it is, but. I think that if this game does get remembered now, it is because of the music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, now we gotta um, talk about the music. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the music. So, okay, Two Unlimited. Even if you don't know that name, you absolutely know at least a couple of their songs. Uh, get ready for this. Uh, is is the main one really, and it's front and center here in a fashion. So, how do you think this works? What do you think of this? this as a as a choice here i'll be honest i don't know if i care for it all that much um i mean for one thing i'm not a huge fan of the sort of like euro dance music from the 90s well, i mean I, I liked no, it back in the day but me either. i'm not a big fan of it now um but i will say like a lot of that stuff you know there's there's like a very short kind of tight loop to a lot of these songs that sort of have a lot of things you know building on them as the song goes on and you know, Two Unlimited would typically have lyrics with their songs as well, because, you know, they're two yep. people were like, you know, a, a rapper and a singer. Um, so this mitified version of these songs doesn't have a lot of that. So it just kind of sounds very, very repetitive. You don't get the lyrics with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think this was a good choice. Like, I understand what they were kind of going for here, like with the changing of the names of the characters, like. They, they, you know, the, I think the localization team just kind of said, hey, we've got this kind of no frills shooter. What can we do to kind of jazz this up for um, for the North American and European market? And, you know, one way or another, this landed in their lap. I don't know if if like Activision had some kind of deal going on with two unlimited uh, label or or how that happened. Yeah, I but. wondered about that too. I couldn't find any information about that, but it did occur to me that, that that seems like the kind of thing that would cause them to make this random choice to put this band's music in the game like this. Right. Um I I do really wish they had tried a little harder with this MIDI uh conversion here cuz it really is just the opening loop of their songs. And those all sound fairly similar. Like yeah. they really do. Like I like, it's just a, I don't know, it, it's not good. It's not good at all. Yeah, like, you, you could almost mistake, like, the stage one and two music, which are uh, Twilight Zone and Get Ready for This, respectively, as, like, being different parts of the same song. Um, and, in fact, they do just have, like, another version of Get Ready, because, like, back in the 90s, any dance hit had, like, a million and one remixes. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, so stage five, you get Get Ready house mix version. Um Great, great. Oh, and, and Tribal Wonderful. Dance is just on there twice. Also, it doesn't even say it doesn't even say like it's a different version. I mean, it's weird because there's six stages in this, but they only licensed five songs. Yeah, that's um why why did they do that? Like it it seems weird that they didn't even try to at least get one song per stage. And like also, I do have a bone to pick with them using get ready for this in the second level. Like, why do that? That's clearly the most famous of their songs. So either you use it for stage one, you know, you start people off with the thing they know, very exciting, 
or you hold it onto it until the final stage I, to amp people up. Just dropping it in the middle of the game like that is really weird to me. I think it's just because they wanted to mix it up because they th- that was the song in the title screen, which I do think was the right call uh, for the for the reasons that is you the just right said. Call, yeah. So I think maybe yeah. they thought like you know going from the title screen where they're playing that song to stage one where they are also playing that song might make people think that. They were just going to be listening to that song through the okay. entire game. That, that's know, what that's, I was thinking. That's fair. I think in I think in that I think in that case they should if they were gonna use it for stage one, I do think it would not have been a good choice for them to use it for the title screen as well. But I do think they should saved it for later on in the game, you know? Yeah, maybe using that um other version of, of Get Ready there, the the house yeah. mix would have been um a good call for stage one. And then you go back to uh vanilla flavor, get ready for this, like at the last level, maybe. Um, right. Right. I don't know. But it, yeah, it's, um, but I, I just, I don't think that these versions work. Like, you know, they, they, no, they they're bad. They didn't, to my knowledge, they didn't get any of like the vocal samples from either singer to, to loop in there. Doesn't seem like, it. um, you know, which I understand like that would have been, you know, a pretty expensive thing to do, you know, on a, on a, Nintendo, you know, a Super Nintendo ROM chip, but it would have been possible to just get like maybe just like a, a, a quick sample from each of them to just loop into one of the songs. I mean, if you're going to do this, you should do that. I think you should go all the way with it because like these levels are long enough that it gets very repetitive. And it's also a thing that really annoys me about how they did this is they, uh, so, you know, they have whatever the track is playing for the entirety of the level. And then it stops when the boss shows up. And it's like, oh, man, here's a boss. It's some big, crazy-looking thing. Get ready to fight it. And then the music just comes back. I think it's sped up a little bit or something, but it's like, come on. You should have, like, at least saved one of these out to be the boss music to make it something different. This is kind of a low effort port anyway, a low effort localization. They didn't really need to do much like the uh, the 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 kind of like intro like story text is is already in English in the Japanese version. Literally, all they did was change the names of the characters. So they didn't really need to do anything. But the fact that they did enough to bring in this this other music Makes me feel like they just should have done yeah, more. Yeah, like I'm guessing actually getting to Unlimited into the studio to like maybe help them make a bespoke Super Nintendo remix of some of these songs would have been out of their price range. I but, think that was probably out of the question, honestly, but, but that would have been really cool. <laughs> it would have, yeah, it would have been neat. But they didn't do that, uh, so here we are. Uh, also have one, one really only one real complaint about the gameplay, such as, you know, it is, I think the ship's too big. I think that the sprite for the ship is obnoxiously large and I think it caused me to die a number of times when, uh, it probably, probably didn't, I I think the ship could have probably been like a third smaller, uh, and it would have been the this game. Yeah, been I, I think the, the problem with that is offset somewhat by the fact that you've got, you know, your orb shield that you can use a lot and th- that helps a lot. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You know, your, your, your gam management, gam management is, uh, is, is a key part of, um, of this game. And, you know, and again, I, I do think that the gam system is, is 
a good one, you know, like for, for as no frills as this game is, I think that's a yeah, neat system. Yeah, I agree. I agree and with I do, that. You know, like I like the sense of speed in a lot mm-hmm. of levels of this game. I, I think it's all right. I think sure. as a shmup, it's all right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is perfectly, I think it's perfectly all right. I do think that even though they did a bad job with it using the two unlimited music, I do kind of think was the right choice because at least this game has a little bit of a legacy because of it. Whereas I think it would have no legacy whatsoever uh, if it just came out, you know, completely unaltered from the Japanese version. But it doesn't mean I think the music's good. I just think that maybe maybe this would maybe they they understood that they needed to do anything, something to make it. It's a a gimmick and it's it's fine. I, you know, not, not great, but it's all, it's fine. Um, so yeah. Uh, do you want to kick it over to the list or do you have anything else that you wanted to say? Uh, I I think we can definitely kick it over to the list and, you know, I mean, we've said things like it's all right. It's fine a lot, which kind of has me leaning towards the C tier for this one. I think that's pretty fair, honestly. uh, Uh, yeah, I was just about C to say, like... seems like a perfectly fine place for this. Yeah, I, I almost forgot this isn't a ranked list anymore. I was almost like, well, let's see, we got Strike Gunner STG no. right in the middle of it. No, no, we don't. We, we can just put it in there. We just put it in there. Just put it in there. Uh, right next to Super Bowling, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, these. Yeah, you're right, though. Unranked list. But I think, I think this is good company for it. You know, we've got Super R-Type in here. We've got... Strike Gunner STG and, uh, uh, you know, not in the same genre, but I think like, you know, in some ways like, uh, uh, Joe and Mac is not, uh, not, not a super far off, uh, comparison for this in terms of like overall quality. So yeah, let's do it. C tier. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, C tier. Athena seems to be very good at making games that are fine. Yes, that is my impression, too. I think that Biometal bears that out. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, if you like shmups, this one certainly won't ruin your weekend. And, uh, and uh, you know, I would say give it a shot if you are out of Super Nintendo shmups and you really need another one. This one is absolutely fine. Won't ruin your day. But you know what might ruin your day? <sighs> Man, this hurts. It, it really hurts. Yeah. An extremely disappointing sequel to a game that we really, really liked. Um, An early standout from the Super Nintendo's library, ActRaiser, coming back with a sequel that seems to have absolutely none of that first game's charm. Yep, yeah. So this is uh, ActRaiser 2. So, you know, I, I knew this game had a reputation of not being as good as the original because it takes out all of the city sim stuff. You know, like, like the original Act Racer is still the only game that I played for the first time for the show and finished. Like it was a short game, but it was in, it, it, a, a very pleasant playthrough. Yeah. You know, like the city sim aspect was simple, but it was it was fun and it 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 made you feel uh, a sort of connection to the world that this game creates that is absolutely missing without it. The platforming was fine. The original Act Racer was so much better than the sum of its parts because it was doing something so unique 
it really made it special. And all that's out the window with this game, but I expected the platforming to at least be okay, and it's not. This game is garbage. It's terrible. This game, it's worth emphasizing, uh, still published by Enix, still made by Quintet. The same people, seemingly a lot of them worked on this game who worked on on original Actraiser. But it is such a huge step down in so many ways. And I think it kind of tricks you a little bit because the graphics still look nice. It's still got a good Yuzo Kushira soundtrack, you know, very lush, detailed backgrounds, big sprites. So you come into this thinking, oh, yeah, this is more, you know what? I I miss the, the city builder stuff, the God game parts. I do think it's a shame those aren't here, but hey, at least this part's still good. And then you play it for even just like a couple of minutes and all the ways in which this thing is just hateful to the player come to the forefront. Unbelievably antagonistic game design in a way that makes no sense for what this game is or what it's seemingly trying to do. Yeah, so, you know, I I had read something where the folks who were developing the game kept getting notes to make the game harder for the North American market. You know, there there was sort of this idea that, like, you know, North Americans like difficult games because a lot of old arcade games are really hard and, and or a lot of old computer games are really hard, things like that. This game is so frustrating. Just, just the basics of this game, just to control, just to get through a single level are so frustrating. The jumping in this game is so frustrating. Yeah. You know, so your your character has wings, but he can't really fly. Um, instead, you can double jump, and then depending on, you know, whether you hold the jump button after the, your double jump or let it go, you can glide or you can kind of do like a, a swooping down attack. Um, but it's really finicky, and it you have to do some really precise platforming to get anywhere in this game, like right out of the gate. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the cape from Super Mario World, which I do think is kind of finicky to control at first. But the difference is that like the game never requires you to have mastery over that skill to complete it. And it really doesn't require much mastery of that skill to even get all 96 exits. Like that thing is there to be a fun bonus if you get proficient at it. And, you know, like now, you know, it means you can probably speed run the game better, which, you know, is probably not something they were designing for back then. But you know, it's a fun bonus if you can get it down, but it is by no means required of you to get through that game. This game is like, hey, this is infinitely more finicky than that cape was, and you better get it down or you're not even getting past the first level. It's obnoxious. Yeah, it really is. It's really annoying. And yeah, like there's just... Because, like, I th- I didn't go back and play the action stages from original Actraiser before we did this show, but I feel like my memory of them is that maybe these controls are not that far off from what that game was doing, but because the demands were so much less on you in that game, like it was, it was fine. You know, the, 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 like, uh, like magic in this game also works in a really annoying way where you have uh, magic's essentially, you know, a a kind of occasional use thing. You have a couple of sort of ticks of MP that you can use, uh, but you have to charge up 
and then hold a direction in order to use your different magical spells. And they put, this is the thing you pointed out, and I can't stop thinking about it now. They only used two buttons in this game. They have a jump button and an attack button, so which means that you have to hold down attack in order to charge up your magic. Why not just use one of the other buttons? Yeah, they they mapped jump to two buttons and they mapped attack to two buttons. I'm like, you've got four buttons there. Why not have a bespoke magic attack? What are you doing? Why why would anyone design it like this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's incredibly obnoxious. It's incredibly unenjoyable to play this. And talking a little more about the jumping, like, so, okay, all the levels are designed kind of like the original Act Razor, where they have kind of a mid-boss and real boss at the end of the level. A big and boss. A big boss, yeah. Uh, in this game, those are based on the seven deadly sins. That may have actually also been the case in the first game. I don't remember. But the point is... The first level has this uh, this plant monster as its mid-boss, and uh, it took me several tries to get past that. I had to figure out that you are basically invincible if you crouch and just repeatedly <laughs> use your sword. Uh, so when the monster changes sides of the screen, you can just let him run through you and, uh, and hurt him while he does so. And after that, the... Uh, this is kind of a... a a, a tedious fight, basically. Uh, and then after that, there is a, a section of jumping over this poisonous swamp that kills you in a couple of hits if you make any contact with it. In order to get through this, you have to do multiple extremely controlled double jumps onto little moving platforms while very large frogs jump from out of the bottom of the the area uh, where you can't see them unless you're close to, uh, uh, if you're if you're like in the air basically uh, you can't see them until they hit you basically <laughs> uh, yeah it kind sucks of. and of course you got knocked and back. you get knocked back and the invincibility window is not very long and it's just the combination of elements here is so it feels so mean spirited. Like it, it really feels like the people who made this game were not having fun making it. We're not inspired. We're not, you know, happy to be doing this. And they made this game and it's, you know, they clearly don't want to be here. Why should you want to be here either? Yeah. You know, and it's, it really is a shame because like, you know, when I first started playing this game, you know, my original thought was, I mean, first of all, you know, goodwill from original act razor. Right. Looks good. Still sounds good. Um, the attacking is like, like you've got a, a pretty good attack motion. You can attack like a, a, an upward swing, a, a mid swing. You can attack down. So I'm like, OK, it, I'm probably this game probably gives me what I need to actually take care of the things that are going to come at me here. I feel like I've got um, a lot of ways to attack. Uh, I can just do nothing and he'll hold a shield out in front of him, which will protect him from certain projectiles. You can even hold the shield above you. You know, like your character has a pretty good um, basic skill set here. So, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking like, okay, this is probably going to be all right. And then just immediately enemy attack patterns are completely unpredictable. Um, the knockback is unreasonable. The amount of damage that you take is just, yeah, is, is absurd. Um, oh, 
Oh, that that reminds me. I didn't finish my thought. The reason why I mentioned the tedious mid-boss fight is that uh, after, you know, if you die during that sequence of annoying uh, precision platforming that I mentioned before, you go right back to the beginning of the level, not back oh, to yeah. yep. not back to the midpoint. So you do have to do that fight again every time if you die. And it's just, yeah, like miserable, totally miserable. Yeah, yeah. So this game just absolutely strips all of the, the things that made the first game really special and leaves you with a platformer that, you know, I, I while these developers, you know, and this is just speculation on my part, maybe while these developers really liked, you know, going back to ActRacer at first, they just kept getting fed notes of, you know, make it harder, make it harder, make it harder. And I just feel like, yeah, maybe, you know, after getting all those notes, it was just kind of like, you know, it, it sucked a lot of the fun out of the game. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, we're left with this extremely disappointing sequel to what was uh, what what's still our number fifteen game right now. Yeah, uh, in the an A-tier. absolute classic. I do genuinely think that this game's like actually very instructive in in showing how like how much gets like gilded by production values when when it's i feel like kind of unusual for a game to have this good of production values and this bad of gameplay honestly but it is really striking that i i think this game does have fans and i don't want to discount the fact that they presumably do actually like this game but i do kind of wonder if this game looked like some of the games that are in our f tier like if it had similar production values to say bram stoker's dracula or um, I don't know, Wolf Child. Wolf Child's not a terrible looking game, but it doesn't look like this, and it certainly doesn't sound like this. Like I wonder how much worse its legacy would be. I mean, it's an F-tier game, obviously, right? Yeah, this this might be our most controversial um, placement into the F-tier, but I absolutely feel like this is an F-tier game. I'm now looking at the F-tier and trying to decide where I think this goes, because it it has to go on the F-tier. What do you uh, do? You, do you have any any initial thoughts on on where to place this? Um, it, it's tough because again, you know, like there are good things about this game. Um, you know, like, like there are, you know, like you could say about this presentation, th- things that, you know, like you, you, or you could praise the presentation of this game in a way that I don't think you could do in any of the other games on the, uh, in the F. No, um, no, that's absolutely true. This I'm, is like, th- this is like the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker of games, honestly. Yeah. It's very unusual for something this, this professionally made <laughs> to be this, to be quite this bad. Yeah. Honestly, you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at around. Um, oh, I have um, reversed the list now. So number one is the worst game on the F tier. And mm-hmm. number uh, yeah. 52 is the least bad game, which is uh, Bram yeah. Stoker's Dracula right now. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at um, like 36 and 37. We've got Bart's Nightmare and Battletoads Double Dragon. Like Bart's Nightmare yeah. is probably as low on this list as it is because of its presentation. That's fair. Yeah. That, that's maybe like the one game that you could the, the the other game on this list that you could say like, hey, you know what? It looks um, 
it, it looks enough like the Simpsons that you have to praise the presentation. And that's why like this isn't higher because some of those um, mini games were borderline unplayable the same way that I feel like this game almost is with its wonky jumping mechanics. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, this is a good I place agree. to start. So I, I think I might make the argument that this is a worse game than Bart's Nightmare, just because at least Bart's Nightmare had bits that I found kind of playable. And this kind of does not. Yeah, I mean, you know, like with, with Bart's Nightmare, the, the, the modulization, if you want to call it that, uh, of the different game, gameplay elements meant that there might be something you could do. Whereas, you know, you have to get good at the jumping in this game, which is really difficult to do. If you want to make any why progress, why would you want to do that? Yeah, and wh- yeah. Thing. Why would you like, want to spend? Yeah. Like, so what, I, what's your reward? More of this game? Yeah. Um, and then you do have. Uh, let's see. We've got Gary Kitchen Super Battle Tank right above that, and that's you know like, I'm sure that game has its fans, but like that thing's a yeah, but log. Uh, yeah, it is. So I, I don't know. Do you think that Act Razor Two goes above that? I'm not sure it does, honestly. I'm trying to look at the list here and decide what I think is the first game where I would be like, no, that's absolutely a worse game than uh, Act Razor 2. It might honestly be all the way down at Family Dog. Well, I don't know. Kablooey was pretty. Yeah, Kablooey sucks. Kablooey is really bad. I'm willing to go to go up or down from Family Dog, but I do think I do think that's sort of where I'm looking at. Like, well, there's nothing there's nothing in in. Act Razor 2 that I would say is worse than than any part of Family Dog. Because, um, yeah, in the middle there, we've got several games that I would say are just kind of poorly considered, you know, like Word Triss and Clue um, and Spin Dizzy Worlds. So, I mean, like we've got like the Great Waldo Search at number 31. Which is just like barely a game. Yeah, like, I mean, it it works the way you would expect it to, but you're just kind of like, why would you make this for the Super Nintendo? (laughs) But there's just nothing there. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I think this is probably. mm. Well, I don't know, because I mean, like you could spend the same amount of time with both games, five minutes in that five minutes, you've completed the Great Waldo search in its entirety. And in five minutes, you haven't gotten past the first level in Act Racer and wonder why you're playing it. I don't know if that... Yeah, and just had a terrible time with it, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if I can say that that makes Act Racer a better game than The Great Waldo Search, honestly. Yeah, that's actually a compelling argument. Um, I think maybe... Maybe just <laughs> below The Great Waldo Search. Maybe that's just where below I would... It? Okay. Okay. Or, or just, yeah, no, 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 sorry, I, we're confused, I'm confused Yeah, now. yeah, because I switched I the mean, list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a slightly worse game than the Great Waldo Search. Okay, so... So, so higher on the, the list okay. of bad games. Okay. Um, but I think that even for, as sort of like, you know, poorly considered as Clue and Word Triss are, there's probably... Well, I don't know, like, Word Triss... Well, actually, uh, you know what, you know what, I, I couldn't put this above... Word, I can't say this is a worse game than Word Triss. Word, Word Triss is just like yeah. a, is a poorly conceived concept for a game. Yeah, I mean, Word Triss just straight up does not work. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they had this idea, and I think that, like, if you had just written this out with pen and paper and, like, tried to do some, like, like kind of testing in that way, I think everybody would tell you, nah, you need a new concept. This, this doesn't really work. 
So maybe like between Wordtress and Clue. Yeah, I think that's fair because, I mean, Clue relies on uh, you being very willing to put up with some some crap to play Clue using it. But at least the at least the game is kind of there. Um, yeah, I remember like they, they changed the rules in this version of Clue in ways that like I don't think helped it be a better video game. No, I agree, but I do still think it's probably got a little bit more to recommend it okay. than ActRaiser 2. So, okay. yeah. So ActRaiser 2 is going to be now our uh, 30th worst game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really shockingly close to the bottom of the worst games list, frankly. Yeah, yeah. From from a game that is number 15 on our best list to number 30 on our worst, just... I, I'm going to say I think that there's no other series of, of games where there's going to be a wider discrepancy in quality between one entry and the next. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think that, then, that, um, I, that on, yeah. on in the entirety of the Super Nintendo library, the gulf between ActRaiser and ActRaiser 2 uh, is just it's uh, staggering, frankly. Yep. Yeah. I, I never would have expected to be so frustrated by this game. There you have it. Um. That's Act Racer 2. Uh, again, you know, I mean, like you said, I'm sure this game does have its fans. Um, so, you know, this is probably going to be this is probably maybe the most controversial. Um, probably. Yeah. Game to be on the F tier. But yeah, because I don't I don't think anybody is really out here flying the flag for, you know, toys or the Wizard of Oz or Pit Fighter. I know there are people who are actually fans of ActRaiser 2 and, you know, I'm happy for him, I guess, but I don't get it. Yeah, no, neither do I. I mean, like, hey, if you like it, keep 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 enjoying it. Like, don't don't let us tell you that you're wrong. But, you know, but we didn't like it. We had a bad time with it. And this is our list. So that's where it goes. Yeah. And I think if you haven't played this game before, uh, I think your time is better spent elsewhere (laughs) if you're just exploring yeah. new games for the super nintendo um so yeah yeah go play castlevania 4 like that's a game that uh is doing this kind of like big brawny action man thing in a way that uh is actually good and um yeah don't play act Razor 2 unless you've exhausted a lot of other options or you're just morbidly curious. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, like uh, if, if you enjoy platformers on the Super Nintendo and don't mind wonky controls, I've still got so many more games that I would recommend first. Like, like try Musia, the, yeah. the uh, classic tale of Japanese yeah. horror. Yeah, try Zardion. All right. Well, with that, folks, we have a new segment on this show. Uh yeah. And so we are going to kick things over to future Chase and Emmy to talk about that really quick. It's time for the 2023 SSMP Thank you, past Chase and Emmy, and welcome to the first edition of the, uh, well, I guess the first results of the 2023 SSMP Showdown uh, we've, we've got four matchups here. We've got some results, uh, from voting and, uh, they are quite interesting indeed. I, yeah, 
I am excited because I don't know these results. You know them. And uh, we decided that we would wait until we were actually, you know, on mic to uh, to reveal those results. Because, uh, yeah, I, I have really no idea how this uh, how this how this went. So why don't you lay us uh, lay us out the the matchups again before before we uh, get into the results? Okay, so uh, first matchup is going to be uh, taking over the Halberd versus Aquatic Ambiance. That is uh, Kirby Superstar and Donkey Kong Country, respectively. I should probably just say the entire thing there. Uh, <laughs> um, second matchup, we got we got the spooky matchup. We have got the Ghost House theme from Super Mario World versus Simon's theme from Super Castlevania Four. Uh, next matchup, we've got, I, I realized, two games that have something in common. They are games that both probably barely came out in the West around this time, but didn't quite make it with their original IPs intact. And that is uh, Goemon's Home from Legend of the Mystical Ninja and Minx from UN Squadron. And uh, finally, we just got two classics. We've got uh, 680 world map from Chrono Trigger and Fillmore from Act Razor. Those are the matchups. All right. Well, uh, those are all good matchups, I think. Uh, I know we kind of randomly decided on them, but I do think they all ended up really good and, and shockingly appropriate for each other. So yeah. I guess let's just let's just get into it. So uh, we got some votes on these we, we did. matchups. Yeah, I mean, and we got a d- um, you decent d- amount of votes uh, could have could, used a little bit okay. more. Share with your friends, please. But, uh. <laughs> you know, we'll it'll it, you know, we're, we're, we're this is a starting point. Yes. Uh, it'll grow from here. And uh, what? So, so let's start with that first matchup. Um, what, uh, what do we have for, for uh, the first matchup here? Okay, so the first matchup was very close. It was neck and neck throughout the entire thing. Um, and the winner uh, just edged out uh, uh, the other by one vote. Um, and the winner okay. is Donkey Kong Country Aquatic Ambiance. I am not that surprised at that. I feel like that uh, is uh, like like a very beloved song and uh, a really, really great song. Honestly, that matchup, I frankly would probably pick Aquatic Ambiance as well. Uh, just, you know, for my own druthers. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Aquatic Ambiance. Moving on to round two. Yep. And uh, I, I really thought that was going to be a bit of an upset because um, uh, taking over the Halberd was uh, uh, took an early lead on that one. And uh, uh, Aquatic Ambiance came back to, to take it. Hmm, interesting. Got some Kirby fans out there. Uh, next matchup was uh, Ghost House versus Simon's Theme. Um, this one was uh, was actually pretty close too. Um but the winner ended up being Simon's theme. And, uh, yep. you know, th- this one felt a little bit one-sided to me. And, and one person, um, even did ask, how is this even mm-hmm. a matchup? And I had to explain that uh-huh. um, these just got kind of seated randomly for the prelims. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Simon's theme is, is kind of a real banger where ghost house is, is a nice ambient track. Yeah, but it's very simple and it's very much, it's very much a part of the overall, sort of musical soundscape of super Mario world. I don't, I don't know that, uh, it's, it's really gonna, gonna hold its own in a fight against Simon's theme. From yeah. Castlevania, so yeah, yeah. No, I, so, I didn't so, think yeah, so either, you know, but, but it, it, it did better than I thought it would. It, it was, it was still, it was still a close matchup. Um, 
Uh, unlike right. the next one, right. this next one was not a close matchup at all. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, the winner. Wow, wow, wow. The winner of this one was uh, Goemon's Home. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. So, what was the what was the split on this one? Um. So, um. This one only got four votes total, but it was three to one. So it, it was it was pretty. Woo. Okay. It was pretty soundly Goemon's home the whole time for that one. So yeah. So Minx Minx is out from UN Squadron. Well, uh, that's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how far Goemon's home will go. Yeah. Well, we will we will see in a few weeks. But uh, um. Now, this next one, this is the only... This is unexpected, because these two are really, really great. You'd expect this one to be close. Uh, No, this was a perfect KO by one of these two songs between uh, 680 World Map from Chrono Trigger and Fillmore from ActRaiser. The winner is... 680 world map. Oh, wow. Okay. I would have expected that that would be my pick too. Um, I guess kind of obviously since I said it was like one of my favorite pieces of game music, but uh, yeah. I would have expected that to be closer. Fillmore is also really, really good. So yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. A lot of people said it was a tough choice for them, but like, like cause they really liked Fillmore, but this was just a case of like getting matched up against a giant early on. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that just is going to happen in any kind of bracket, honestly. It is it is very Castlevania-y as well. So, you know, it's kind of kind of nice that it won't have to eventually compete against another Castlevania song or against an actual Castlevania song. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, that's cool. So these are these are interesting. So, OK, now that means that what what we've got uh, for the the next stage of the competition for these brackets we will have uh, aquatic ambiance versus simon's theme right mm-hmm. yep. and we'll have goemon's home versus 680 world map music from corona trigger yes so those are those are interesting matchups i i genuinely have no idea how any of those are gonna go yeah, neither do I. And the other interesting thing about this is that um, so for one of the round two matches now are going to be two of my picks going up against each other and two of your picks going up against each other. So we're, yes, we're both guaranteed. Indeed, to have, that is interesting. Yeah, we're both guaranteed to have at least one pick in the quarterfinals now. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, but before we get to any of that, we still have a lot more preliminary matches to get through. We're going to have uh, three more now that uh, you can all vote on leading up to the next episode coming out. Uh, and those matches are the uh, Yoshi's Island athletic theme versus Street Fighter 2 Sagat's theme. We've got TMNT4 Turtles in Time Alley Cat Blues versus Cybernator. We gotta do it. Uh, and finally, uh, Final Fantasy VI's Awakening versus Mega Man X's Highway. Um, that's going to be quite a matchup. I'm a little bit worried about what is possibly my favorite SNES track of all time uh, being in a matchup against Final Fantasy VI so early on. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, this has already surprised me. So, you know, I uh, I really I really can't even hazard a guess on how that mashup or any of the other ones is going to go. So, yeah, we thank you all so much for contributing and uh, for voting and leaving your comments. And uh, we we hope that you continue to do so and that you you tell your friends about it, because this will be 
even more fun the more people we get in on this, the more people we get, you know, voting and thinking about this stuff and talking about it. And we really, really appreciate everyone who listens to the show. And uh, we we thank you very much for being uh, willing to to kind of, uh, you know, take part in this little interactive experiment that we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you all so much. Uh, thanks to everyone who voted. Um, you know, thanks to everyone who who uh, shared this. Um, you know, we hope that we can get even more people involved next time and, and that, you know, folks will uh, will cast their vote for their favorite songs. But either way, you know, we'll 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 keep we'll keep the SSMP train running. But yeah, that's all we got for now. So I guess uh, with that, we will kick things back over to past Emmy and Chase. All right. Well, that that was thrilling. I, I didn't think that that song was going to beat that other one, but uh, it sure did. Uh, that's really that's really, uh, you know, a, an exciting turn of events. So uh, can't wait to see what happens in the next bracket next time. And speaking of next time, uh, what games are we going to be playing in the next episode? Uh, yeah. So next time we are going to be looking at Championship Pool, Clay Fighter and Disney's Aladdin. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's hope that some of those games can at least give us something better than what we what we had to work with this time. And yeah, uh, until then, I'm Emmy Zero. I'm Chase Keys. Play it loud. Intro outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoax, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty free at technoax.com. That's T E K N O A X E.com.